quickly say something controversial. Hello and welcome back to the Pint of Politics podcast. This is episode uh, number 19. I think I got that right. Um, and we are joined by uh, Tim Goodall, who is uh, actually running for uh, the local elections uh, to be elected onto Leeds City Council. And he is running uh, in the ward of Headingley and Hyde Park, uh, which is obviously where where we live, uh, well, where I live. My co-hosts aren't here today, but we all do live here. Um and yeah, so we're just gonna have a little just little chat. He's running for the Green Party as well, I should mention. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just gonna have a little chat about um, general issues um, and uh, the sort of uh, the election coming up on the sixth of May. So, uh, Tim, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to getting a haircut, but I haven't got there yet. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got mine tomorrow, so uh, I'm <laughs> but um, yeah, it's getting quite desperate, I think, for for myself now. <laughs> same here <laughs> i know it's uh it's pretty uh, it's pretty worrying really but uh there you go um so yeah obviously like I say you're standing in um in headingley and hyde park and uh i believe you've stood in this ward a couple of times um yes that's correct yeah so um what do you think sort of are the main issues that are affecting the area and if any that have changed over time because obviously like i say you've you know you've got a decent experience of uh, of this this particular ward so uh, yeah what do you think of the main yeah. issues that people are going to be uh, on their mind yeah we get a pretty good idea because we go around <clears throat> all all year round we couldn't during some of the covid times but for the last few years we've been going around um asking people to complete our surveys um just to say what the main issues are for them in the area it varies slightly depending which part of the area you're in like there's um the very kind of northwestern part of the ward, kind of near Kirkstall Lane in the stadium, they get a lot of noise from the airport, and so they're particularly concerned about the airport expansion. Um, obviously, a lot of people are concerned about the airport expansion generally because of the carbon emissions and things like that, but um, particular issue with noise there. Um, rubbish and recycling is a massive issue. Oh, like on the doorstep, it's what most people are talking about, the kind of state of the area um the the lack of ability to recycle glass from home which most major cities do have and Leeds doesn't and that causes loads of problems because then you get loads of broken glass everywhere all over the street because people don't recycle it um this there have been issues in some areas particularly in Woodhouse with joyriding um and people being really concerned, you know, they've got young kids and they don't want the, they're, they're concerned about letting the kids out of the house because of the cars speeding around. The low traffic neighbourhood has helped with that, although that has been a little bit controversial um, in some areas as well. Uh, it's not come up, it's come up a little bit on the doorstep that, um, but yeah, rubbish and recycling, people concerned about the graffiti some people don't mind graffiti as long as it's artistic, but people really object to the tagging everywhere. And it's just got completely out of control in the last few months. It's just gone crazy. So thankfully some people are coming forward with positive ideas and, you know, it's been difficult to do much about that recently because of the COVID restrictions, but hopefully um, those ideas will get going again soon. Yeah, exactly. It's like you say, it's even in a, a, a relatively uh, small 
council ward. It's still a, a diverse range of issues um, that that yeah. people have uh, on their mind, and I suppose it obviously would vary as well from the, the perspective of the person you you know you talk to. An older person might be you know particularly uh, you know concerned about sort of antisocial behaviour issues and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. you know maybe if you speak to younger people, it might be like you know more more environment related kind of things and um yeah it's obviously it's really interesting the point you made about um about like litter and stuff because I, I and just yeah it's this is the thing i've noticed and especially obviously i'm a student myself um and uh we you know we we got a bit of a, a bit of bad press as a student community yeah. a couple of weeks ago when it well i think it was uh, last week or i don't know i've lost track of all days but uh yeah it was a couple of weeks ago anyway and uh you know, when, when we saw the scenes on, um, on Wood Asmore where it was, you know, there was, it was really quite, you know, quite horrible and quite disgusting to see, you know, people were just left, you know, litter all over the place and just a yeah. complete lack of respect for like the local, uh, the local area they live in. Um, but I was saying as well, this to, to people, um, like my family, cause they, cause obviously like was going around on social media a little bit. So they saw it and they were like, Oh, like you've seen this all, all students and these. And I was like, I, I, I was kind of keen to emphasize the fact that it's not, it's not all students who are like this. And I actually think it's a minority of students who do this kind of thing. But the point yep. that I made is that a small group of students just not, not picking up their rubbish can leave a lot of rubbish regardless of how many people there. So yeah, obviously it's an issue. I mean, have you had any particular ideas about the issue of Wood Asmore? Because I think people, you know, it, obviously it came to came to light in a, quite a big negative way. Um, so, you know, is yeah. there any sort of particular uh, plans there or any particular thoughts that you've had? Yeah, I mean, I've been talking to the university about that a little bit and they're getting their kind of projects going again. Um, I think if the university would like to kind of coordinate um groups of people going out again um but also kind of having some projects it would be it would be great i mean it's difficult for me because i work at the university so <laughs> i'm not kind of speaking on behalf of the university but it would be great if the university took a little bit more responsibility for woodhouse more if it is mostly students but actually i don't think it's mostly students and i have I've spent some time defending students, particularly on social media, because as you say, it wasn't all students. It was young people generally. A lot of students were just as angry about it as everyone else. Um, I think one of the most important things, and this is what I was talking about, university projects, is getting students involved in the community with everyone else in the community so that everyone's actually talking to each other and realising that either or not all students are bad or not all long-time residents don't like students, you know, so we've had quite a lot of students coming along to the litter picks that have been doing recently. Um, we've had to be fairly socially distanced, so not yeah. as social as they normally would be, but, you know, people learn from each other what their concerns are. Um, it just creates a better atmosphere. And I really noticed actually the litter pick we did yesterday, the area we'd done three weeks ago had actually stayed fairly clean yeah because okay, yeah. the area looks clean people treat it better obviously that's not worked on woodhouse more because it is clean and then isn't yeah but hopefully if you get more students involved in the activities i know many are already like volunteering activities around the area they'll want to take more care of the area um mm. i mean i love the the plastic bag dispenser idea that everyone saw on social media yeah. that's fantastic um 
people have talked about putting skips on hot days. I'm not sure how practically they. I mean, people were concerned that people might fly tip there if there were skips there. Yeah. But actually, is that the worst thing in the world if someone puts well, some rubbish in a skip? I don't know if it stops people littering all over the park. It's difficult to know. Yeah. Um, you got to weigh it up, haven't you? At the end of the day, yes, it's, it's, yeah. It's so it's it's not the easiest thing to solve. I think probably a lot of people that would have been responsible perhaps had a little bit too much alcohol and then kind of lost that sense of responsibility. Um, I mean, you can do public space protection orders. So there is a public space protection order, so they can enforce more. Some other cities have done that. Nottingham have done that. I would not want to enforce it really heavily, but maybe if there are persistent offenders, maybe they what, could. What exactly, um, what exactly is the public space uh, protection order? I've not um, heard of that before. It's, it's just uh, powers that the council have to um, to do things like stop antisocial behaviour, to stop um, littering so they can, they can issue fines and things like that. Right. I wouldn't want to do that as a first measure, but I think no. maybe if there was someone that was you know, persistently offending or doing something that was really, you know, really bad, then maybe. Um, but I don't know, there's still a lot, I've got, there's a meeting coming up that the University Sustainability people have organised and, you know, there's lots of ideas flying around. Hopefully we'll get a bit more of an idea from that. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, it's, um, you, you kind of want to encourage good habits before you have to enforce them. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, like I say, it's, it's a difficult issue. Um, but sort of staying on the topic of, uh, of obviously, young people, because heading in Hyde Park, you know, it's a diverse, probably quite one of the most diverse wards that you've probably is on the council in terms of, um, you know, age demographics and, uh, and even, you know, other demographics as well. Um, so, obviously, young people, and um, I had uh, Andrew Cooper on the podcast um, last week who's obviously running for West Yorkshire mayor on behalf of the Green Party and I asked him a similar question um you know young people are, are quite notorious for not turning out at, at elections and not making their voices heard um and you know obviously in an area like this where there is a substantial amount of young people probably you know more comparatively than anywhere else uh any other uh, ward on, on the council like I said um it's how how are you sort of trying to encourage that voter base because like i said i said the same thing to andrew as well i think that you know young people especially on on behalf of the green party really would sympathize quite quite a lot with the issues that you're promoting because like you say we are the generation of the future who are going to have to deal with all this that you know the negative impacts of climate change um so you know how, how have you if at all gone about trying to sort of incentivize these these younger people to you know make their voices heard um, I mean, mainly by knocking on doors and talking to people since we've been um, legally allowed to do that again since I think it was the 6th of March. Yeah. Um, getting out and talking to young people and kind of, ex- for some people, it's going to be the first time they're voting, so explaining how it works. It's actually slightly different because the West Yorkshire Mayor, you'll have you'll have single transferable vote or, or additional vote. I can't remember exactly what it's called this way, but you'd be able to put first choice, second choice, et cetera. Whereas with the local council election, it's, it's a, you put a cross next to the name of the person you want and you only get one vote. So just to kind of explain to people, making sure people aren't particularly students can um, register at their student address and at their home address. Um, and 
saying to them that their vote could actually really matter here. I think a lot of people think, oh, Green Party are not going to get many votes, but we come second. We have been coming second for a long time in Headingley and Hyde Park um, and getting, you know, getting the votes going up a little bit each time. So we have actually got a chance of winning here. So it is it is worth voting. Um, and just, yeah, it's just about kind of asking people what their concerns are. It's, just, it's similar for everyone, really. But So it's just making sure we get out there and really talk to the young people and make sure they understand the issues and why it's important to vote in the council elections, not just parliamentary elections. Yeah, definitely. I think you could actually um, encourage perhaps a bit more sort of uh, honest, maybe voting on a, on a local level. Because like you say, we've got, it's not a national, not a national election where, you know, people are obviously more incentivized just to vote for, uh, for Labour or the Conservatives because, you know, they know that they're the two main parties who are likely to, to get in. Um, so, yeah, I think it does encourage a lot more local um you know, a lot more honest voting on a local level, sorry. Um, and like in the 2019 local elections, when there was, I was back in my home, uh, in my hometown, which is uh, Milton Keynes. But I actually, I did actually vote for the Green Party on that occasion because, you know, I looked at looked at all the candidates and, uh, oh no, was that the European, it was a European election, sorry, but still, right. still yeah. more honest voting that I, you know, I perhaps I, you know, wouldn't vote for it on a national level, but, you know, maybe on a local level. So yeah, you, it's definitely an important issue to raise that you can actually have, uh, a lot more of an impact um, and like you say you've, you've been fairly fairly close um, you know you come second on on the last two the last two elections obviously to Labour do you think um, you know it's obviously national politics is still relevant to local politics because you've still got party ties do you think it's quite hard perhaps to you know do you think it's quite a challenge to try and get rid of, well, not get rid of, it sounds quite harsh, but uh, to, uh, to, to take the seat uh, from, from the Labour, the Labour councillor currently uh, in, which is Al Garthwaite, I believe? Um, yeah, it's a challenge and we have to work really hard. Um, uh, but it's just, it, it, it's really important to let people know to be out there and talking to people, doing leaflets so that people know that you exist, basically. Um, so yeah, it's a challenge, but to be honest, I really enjoy it. I like talking to people. So I like going around door to door, um, having conversations with people, finding out what their concerns are. Um, I think if anything, nationally, it's actually got slightly better for the Green Party because we've gone up a bit in the polls. Um, I think particularly in the student population, Labour have been struggling a little bit more because a lot of students seem to very much identify with Jeremy Corbyn. And so they're not. Students aren't yeah, feeling yeah. quite as into labour as they were before. So you're probably right, yeah. Yeah, nationally that's probably helping us. And then locally it's just about really kind of getting out there and, you know, making sure everyone knows. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it's interesting actually, because I, I I um yesterday I was I um was just sitting in my room in my house and my bedroom's at the front of the house, so it's like the front window, so I see onto the street and um I saw these people uh Come along and like they sort of came up to my door and I thought it was gonna not I thought it was like a delivery or something. It was a, I thought it was a, the postman or something like that or some delivery driver. Then I actually got up to a window and looked and they were walking around um, litter picking. And then I looked, I was looking on your your uh, your Twitter yesterday evening um, yeah. before this episode. Then I saw that it was actually uh, arranged by yourselves. So and you know they they literally you know were you know picking litter out from the obviously flown in. Uh, you know onto the the little front bit of my house which I just thought you know it's really nice and like you say it's 
it's just trying to raise the local profile as much as you possibly yeah. can. And I thought, yeah. you know, I did see that and I thought, oh, that's really, you know, it's really nice that people are, you know, taking time out of their, uh, their day to do something like that. Um, in terms of like the green agenda locally, we, we've spoken, you know, briefly about it. I, I know that um, obviously the expansion of the Leeds Bradford airport is uh, a big issue for you. Um, what sort of shortcomings do you perceive uh, the current, council have uh, have had when it comes to green green issues and you know what would you uh, specifically obviously as well as the expansion of Leeds Bradford Airport what kind of issues would you be looking to bring to the forefront of, of you know the council's agenda um, I mean transport's a massive issue uh, Leeds is fairly behind other cities um, in terms of walking and cycling infrastructure and public transport um, there's an awful lot of old disused railways that you could bring back into use and Labour are talking about that now. Um, but we've, we've been talking about that in the Green Party for quite a long time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the idea of 15-minute neighbourhoods, I feel very strongly about and really kind of making it so that people can access most of the things they need in the local neighbourhood within a 15-minute walk or cycle. Um I mean, people say, but what do you mean about making walking easy? But it, people don't realise the difference it makes if you actually have crossings. If you watch where people walk and you put crossings where people normally walk so that you're actually facilitating people being able to walk where they need to get to quickly, you've probably noticed some pedestrian crossings. You just have to wait for absolutely ages yeah. for all the traffic to go. Yeah. Um, and you hear still in Leeds that people are saying, oh, no, we've got to make sure that the cars are flowing freely. It's mm. like, really? Is that the priority? No. <laughs> yeah, no. It isn't. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, things like the clean air zone was supposed to be happening, but that got cancelled. And that, that concerns me because that was based on pollution figures from last year when there was far less traffic than there would normally be. So I'm concerned that the clean air zone was cancelled. Bradford continued with theirs. And yeah. Leeds didn't because they said, oh, enough people have converted, you know, like taxis, et cetera, have converted to electric. But I'm not entirely convinced about that. I think we could have done with a clean air zone still. Yeah, there you go. Let's like say is there is a lot of uh, a lot of particular local issues that need sorting. Yeah, on the, the crossings are a big thing as well. You don't really think about that. Like, you, you know, like you say, making walking easier. I can imagine people go, what do you mean make walking easier? Walking's easy. Um yeah, it's, uh, but you do, to be fair, that the worst one for me is the one because um, I go running quite a lot, and the work, I quite often I run along past High Park Pub, and the, the the traffic lights there and the crossings there, you take your life into your own hands sometimes. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you're either waiting for like five minutes to cross the road, or uh, or you just go, all right, I'll chance it, and uh, you know maybe almost get hit by a car. That's happened a couple of times to me, but uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's um, a dangerous crossing. It yeah. is. It, it is has actually. been improved slightly. That one has been improved slightly recently by not allowing the right or left turn, whichever yeah, it was. It is. Yeah, um, it's the left turn, I think. Yeah, but it's that kind of thing that needs to be done more and it really can make a difference um, mm. if, if you kind of facilitate that. Definitely. Yeah, to be fair, I, yeah, I mean, like you say, it's important. I think... Leeds is fairly accessible in terms of walking. I mean, maybe I'm just comparing it to uh, to where I'm from, which is, like I said, it was Milton Keynes. Um, it's not particularly great for for pedestrian walking around and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I find it is quite accessible. Um, like, you know, you could easily walk 
into town and things like that. But like, like you mentioned, it's, it's can encourage people to make these little changes, you know, rather than, uh, you know, them driving into, into town or whatever, or driving to places, if they could just walk somewhere, it's, you know. A lot. Yeah. There's actually a really good cartoon that shows um, people walking on a pavement and then rather than the normal road, it's just got this massive kind of Canyon going down and it looks like people are all walking on the edge of a cliff. And that's what it feels like sometimes, particularly during COVID when you've had to kind of go out of the way to avoid people yeah. to actually go out into the road. So wider pavements, smaller roads where you can, um, kind of building parking places and then building out and putting trees in the spaces between the parking spaces, just making it like in the Netherlands, making it a much more pedestrian friendly environment and actually the kind of environment that you want to hang around in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like making it look pleasant so that you've got local shops that you can access, you can walk to them very easily, that, that things aren't dominated by the car, basically. Mm, yeah, 100%. It's, it's interesting you mentioned Netherlands. I went, I've been to Amsterdam and I, I was, uh, you know, it sounds so nerdy, but I was so like, so satisfied by the, the uh, how easy it was to get around. So you've got, you've got a great tram system and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just so, I feel like it, 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 you get a bit of envy, don't you? You're kind of like, why can't we just sort of have, have something on this level? It's, uh, yeah, it'd be so much, so much nicer and it'd be so much more beneficial. Um, yeah. And they had exactly the same issues as us. I think in the 70s was when they started kind of converting everything in the Netherlands. They had kind of, not very wide roadways. They had to work out what to do with them. They had a lot of protests actually when they did initial low traffic neighborhoods. But now I think everyone loves it in the Netherlands. It's, I don't think they get many, if any complaints at all. Um, and it just makes quality of life so much better. Yeah, definitely. It does. Um, going back to the sort of issues of, um, you know, heading in Hyde Park in general, and you know, we've mentioned, sort of antisocial behavior in general. Um, and I think, you know, a problem is an, an, an issue specifically, and obviously it's a bit of a bit of a sensitive issue that's been raised recently, but obviously it's been pushed into the national, uh, you know, agenda a lot more um, after the um, murder of Sarah Everard. And it was an issue of obviously, you know, sexual harassment uh, and women feeling safe uh, on the streets and stuff like that. And we did an, ep- I did an episode on this, a podcast episode with, uh, one of my housemates who I live with and we were just talking about it in general and obviously I'm not saying that you know heading in high park some sort of you know hotbed for sexual harassment you know you get it anywhere you go um, but obviously that they had the issue of the um, the alleyway that goes behind Headingley Stadium as well, which was, a, uh, I think there was actually a, a sexual assault or an attempted one at least. Um, uh, yeah. There have been multiple, I think, in that that particular area. Um, so you know, is there any particular uh, sort of proposals uh, and anything you'd be looking to, to you know, raise as an issue, uh, especially in an area, I suppose, where there are more people walking around at night um, because, you know, like say you've got students, they're going to, going to parties and, you know, going out, going to pubs, whatever. Um, you know, how will you, um, you know, look to sort of try and tackle that issue um, and any sort of proposals that you've, you've been thinking of that have maybe going to benefit it and make it a bit more of a safer place for people? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite a difficult one. But, I mean, partially the idea of, having more attractive neighborhoods and making it feel easier to kind of walk everywhere that you've got a pleasant community actually helps because you get more people out walking 
I know it sounds yeah. silly. I used, I used to live in Madrid, but everyone would be out and it just felt safe because there were people around you all the time. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that. That definitely means that no sexual harassment ever happens, but it just felt safe. And I know that my female friends there felt safer because there were always other people around. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a student in Leeds back in the 90s and it felt safer at that stage because there were many more people walking there aren't you don't like i walk every i don't even have a car so mm. i walk everywhere no neither yeah i walk everywhere in Leeds, and not as many people walk now so mm. there's far more people with cars so i mean i know that's a small thing one thing we have um put forward is having a town council and this might sound strange to say this at first, but something you can have with town council, you can set your own priorities. One thing that you can do with the town council is you can employ wardens just to monitor the area. So that could make people feel safer if you had wardens. Um, it would also possibly help with things like littering graffiti because the wardens can monitor what's happening if there's any fly tipping or if any graffiti is happening. It just other a lot of other areas in Leeds do have a town council and because they've got their own pot of money locally it means they can prioritize what it needs to be spent on yeah so having people going around monitoring could make people feel safer um it's, yeah. it's a really difficult issue to solve altogether yeah I don't think I don't think anyone uh is expecting it to be solved altogether like you say there's I think there's the issue is, you know, trying to make people feel as safe as you possibly can. And um, yeah, I think the potentially the wardens thing could be a really good idea. Do you think it's perhaps important to have, you know, wardens rather than police officers? Because police officers could you sort of give off this air that is like a threatening area, you know what I mean? And I know like police officers would be, a, a you know, a calming, maybe a reassuring sight. But if you've got loads of police officers walking around uh, the air all the time, you know, it might give off the impression that it's like some sort of, uh, you know, hotbed for crime, which I don't think it particularly yeah. is, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, wardens can be more just kind of eyes and ears. So if anything's happening, they can immediately alert police if necessary, or, you know, if it's literal graffiti, the various teams that deal with that. Um, so yeah, it's just, I mean, in some areas, you just get wonderful local residents who are eyes and ears. And that's really important as well, actually, that, I mean, something I've always said is I want I've talked a little bit about it already, but the kind of community cohesion where you get people talking to each other more, encouraging people to introduce themselves to their neighbours so that people know each other and they're looking out for each other. And that that makes the area feel safer as well. I've said, if I get elected, I'm going to go around personally and talk to, you know, knock on as many doors as I can and really encourage people to, to introduce themselves to their neighbours. Because if people know each other at the beginning of the year and they've had a friendly hello, then if something does happen you know, noise issues, whatever, Yeah. then it's easier to deal with if you've already met people mm. and it makes people feel safer because they know, I mean, it, it sounds silly, but apparently I've heard if you call out someone's name, if you're worried about someone being near you, they think that you know someone nearby and they're less likely to <laughs> attack you or, you know, so things like that. Yeah. So community cohesion, people knowing each other, that kind of thing. Can yeah. make a difference. I think that is a difficult thing to to manage in a in a place like like I've said with Henley and High Park's very diverse. Um you've got students who are, you know, potentially only here for a, a year. Um but you kind of I feel like it's easy uh and it shouldn't be the case, but it's easy to forget that, you know, for some people that 
it is actually a place where families live, where people, you know, where kids live, where people go, where kids go to school, where they, they, people work. So it's not, you know, it's not just an area, you know, some sort of, you know, student, uh, student holiday park. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a place, it's a place where people live and it's a place where, you know, people have to have, you have to respect other people and respect other people's, uh, yeah. you know, their, their, uh, their needs and their, you know, and ultimately, you know, to not to put too fine a point on it, but just not being a dick really. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. Like I say, it's, it's an important issue to manage. And I, and I, I really like that emphasis from, from yourself on trying to encourage that community cohesion because yeah, it, it definitely can just solve a lot more issues a lot easier. And even not just between like students and, uh, and families, but like even between like students and students, like to be honest, I don't actually know, a lot of the people I the only people I know of who live on this street are two other houses uh on a street that's probably got about 20 houses on it um so you know and like you say it makes so much makes so much more sense when you have issues such as yeah. you know like noise complaints say you know neighbors are having a, a party to play music to that whatever you know, so much nicer if you just, if you, even if you've got their number or something, just to text them and be like, oh, you know, like, can you keep it down a little bit? And it's, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely creates for, a, creates a lot more of a, a sort of a pleasant environment for everyone ultimately, which is important, I think, to foster um, where yeah. we can. And I know, I mean, you do get some residents that just say, oh, we've tried so hard for so many years, but I, I still think there's more that can be done. And to be honest, as I always emphasize, there's loads of students that get, as annoyed about the noise as everyone else mm. so you know it's it affects everyone i think i seem to remember there was something on facebook about there was particularly loud class playing loud music and all the students were going on facebook saying please we're trying to study please turn the noise down yeah so you know everyone is making sure that people don't get kind of stereotypes uh, you know we're all uh, but really encouraging people to talk to each other as well yeah now that was the uh the, the infamous night on a lee student group where uh i think it was during exam season and uh there was one house that was uh playing black eyed peas really loud or something like that and someone it got really out of hand they someone put a post about it and was like can you turn it down and then um the next day apparently the the people who lived in the house who were playing the music said uh said uh, our house got graffitied and they were accusing the person of uh of uh who wrote the post about them telling them to shut up you'd accuse them of graffiti oh, in the house it all got a bit out of hand it was quite very entertaining as a neutral but uh yeah like you say again an issue like that could be solved just by you know a bit more being a bit more considerate and uh you know actually having an appreciation for the for the people that you live around and and you know what landlords could do more on that i, I know some really good landlords that say to, they leave a kind of set of instructions at the beginning of the year this is how we want you to behave etc etc the university is pretty good they they've got the um community liaison officer amanda so people can contact um if if there are students that are making lots of noise then um the sustainability team and amanda the community liaison officer deal with that but yeah, so there, there is, there is a lot is being done anyway. But I think there's even more that could be done. Yeah, there's all there always is, isn't there? At the end of the day, you, you never, yeah. uh, you've never uh, done all you can. Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, that's uh, interesting discussion about the sort of main issues that we face. Obviously, I wanted to uh, 
going with another question because this is the pint of politics podcast so uh, and obviously we're not drinking because it's half 10 in the morning and it's a, <laughs> and it's a monday um although the pubs are open again today so um yes. you know but maybe maybe later I'll, I'll brave it i'll put my big jacket on and go and sit in a beer garden i don't know we'll see um <laughs> i don't know the weather's not uh, looking favorably upon us today <laughs> but but um what, what i'll ask you what is your uh, what is your pint of choice uh say so you're going to the, the next point you go you go for when you next go to a pub would you reckon I really like Theakston's. Nice. Don't know why, but very much, very much the beer I like the best. I'm more of a, definitely more of a bitter person than a... Mm. Yeah, no, I do like a good, uh, yeah, do like a good ale, to be fair. Um, yeah, nice one. And um, if you were to win uh, the uh, the local election, uh, the win the post of uh, of councillor for Headingley in Hyde Park, how will you, uh, how will you celebrate? Uh... <laughs> if at all will you just relax and just go oh thank god I'm done campaigning Cele- for a celebratory bit. litter pick <laughs> <laughs> um, I will well I, I will react react briefly but knowing my Green Party colleagues in Leeds and how hard they work as councillors the, the three that are councillors at the moment in Farley and Wortley board I know that I'll almost immediately have to be going off and doing training and stuff like that um, with the council and, and, you know, responding to everyone's concerns. I mean, I actually already get a lot of people emailing me saying, Tim, can you help with this thing? Which is really nice. And I try and help as much as I can. Yeah. So in celebration, I'm sure I will. I mean, it's a little bit restricted at the moment, isn't it? But um, I will definitely go for an outdoors drink with a few friends who've, uh, who've helped deliver things and a few green pie colleagues. Yeah. It would be, yeah. it'll be wonderful to be able to do that. Nice, nice reward. So there you go. Um, the uh, the local elections are on the 6th of May. So anyone listening, uh, regardless of whether uh, you're going to be voting in the Headley and Hyde Park Ward uh, or elsewhere, the local elections are nationwide. Um, so get out there. Um, you know, you can really have a say on some of the local issues that really, you know, affect you and, and the issues that ultimately don't get recognised on a national level. Um, you know, just because uh, just because they're not national elections doesn't mean they're not important. And like I said, uh, this is your chance to have a say. If there's any particular issues that are really affecting your area, um, then just get involved and have your say on on them. If if you're not happy with a current councillor, then uh, then get rid of them. Um, so yeah, register, register to vote. Register to uh, vote, actually, yeah, because nineteenth April is the last day, isn't it? Yeah, so make sure you're registered. Uh, obviously, if you're a student, like um, like you mentioned earlier, Tim, you can be registered in both your home and your student address. Obviously, you can only vote in one, uh, so you know don't don't do electoral fraud or anything well, like that. Well, bizarrely, for council elections, if it's two separate councils, you can vote. Oh, really? I'm not sure I'd recommend that, but it's legal. You can. Oh, okay. If you feel a sense that you're both areas are important to you you can vote in both council areas but if if your home address and your student address were both leads you couldn't do that but don't do that in a parliamentary election because no legal. yeah okay there you go i was uh, yeah no i suppose that makes complete sense if they're two different councils so um yeah there you go if you if you uh, have a real uh, a real passion for voting then uh, vote in both uh, so uh, so yeah there you go uh, thank you very much for joining us tim uh, i hope you've, uh, you've enjoyed thank it you. That's been um, great. Thanks very much. Yeah, no, thank you very much. It's been a, great to have a bit of a discussion about uh, some of the local issues as well, even just from my point of view, because ultimately I'll, I'm going to be voting in this uh, in this ward. So uh, it's interesting to to get the perspectives on what's important from from someone who's standing in, the, standing in this area. So yeah, register to vote for the 19th uh, of April uh, and make sure you get out on uh, Thursday the 6th of May 
uh, have a vote, make your voice heard. Yeah, and if you like what uh, Tim's proposing, um, then vote for Tim by all means. Um, so yeah, thank you very much uh, for listening to this episode uh, of the Pint of Politics podcast. We're not going to have a normal, in inverted commas, episode this week. Like I said last week, we're taking a bit of a week off uh, for a few days just to get get on top of uni and stuff again uh because you know we do uh we do have other things to do this doesn't pay the bills not just uni actually but uh there you go um so yeah get involved with our social media uh we're at a pint of politics on twitter and instagram uh we are also on facebook and linkedin pint of politics and we have a blog www.apintofpolitics.wordpress.com but yeah thank you very much for listening uh, and we'll see you again soon take care <laughs>